Hey everyone and welcome to The Headbin, the NRL Supercoach Draft Podcast. You're listening to The Morning After, first episode in our uh, weekend wrap editions. Uh, with me this morning, I've got Benny. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Primed. Yep. <laughs> Week ahead. Yep. Nice one. Nice one. Lukey, you're with us too, mate. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. It's a good way to uh, just kill half an hour or so of the morning. It's great. Yeah, yeah, kind of figured. I mean, um, we, we wanted to put this together basically because, you know, there's a little bit of uh, a void on Monday morning, super coach and rugby league wise. Obviously, guys like the Guru and Bloke have got a lot of content out, but we thought, uh, you know, we've got our own uh, listeners. So we thought we'd, we'd chuck something together and see if it gets a little bit of traction. So this will be nice and short and sharp, lads. So let's jump into it. So round five of the Telstra Premiership is underway here in Newcastle. And Manly have come up the freeway to comprehensively dismantle Newcastle. 30 points to six. Oh, what a pass for Aiken! Their best ball they've had in a long time, the Warriors, and they make the most of it. We might be tied up again here. They can't be separated, and we are set for golden points. Oh, he drove it low and got it over the back dot this time! Sean Johnson, the hero! Full-time here in Wagga, Melbourne, their fourth victory of the season. Oh, look at him go down the middle, into the backfield. Oh, he almost got past by. finally does. Then links up with Graham, inside the 20. Then the pass for Mitchell. What a try! Full-time with South Sydney getting their second win of the season. For Moses, for Gutherson. Here comes Pabalihi, and here comes an Elstie. Bailey Simonson, a dummy half-land for Fata, takes up Gutherson, he may have got there. Full-time, Parramatta, 26, the Titans 20. Hines, oh, what about the pass by Hines, Ramian for Katoa, that was just beautiful. Holes everywhere, McInnes, throws a dummy, McInnes gives it away to Kennedy. Sunday footy sharks 30 tigers four. Here's Mike to the outside. They're off and running. Tago back on the inside here across the halfway line. Oh, he has Edwards with him. Oh, he's still going. Finds Edwards now, and the Panthers go coast to coast. The Panthers improve their record. They are now five and zero. All right, so jumping into uh, game one of the round, Knight 6 versus Manly 30. Uh, 
my notes on the game, lads. Uh, Manly's line speed was was extremely fast in the first half. They definitely had a plan to get up hard, uh, particularly on Pong- Ponga. Um, and the Knights missed 30 tackles for the game. Manly only missed about 16 tackles, and we just couldn't finish opportunities. Um, on top of that, I think when um, Manly's bench came on kind of midway through the first half and then late in the second half, that's when they really wrestled the ascendancy from us uh, and, and got on top of us there. So what's your thoughts on the game there, lads? I didn't catch a lot of it because I was I was driving down to Northern New South Wales uh, on Thursday night, but I did notice that it was 12-6 up until the 69th minute, and then they just let them through, just let 18 points in, and it was just like, oh, okay, the game was over in 10 minutes. So the Knights were still in it. I think there was a disallowed try to Newcastle um, before the third try to Manly, which would have tied it up to 12-all, and... Who knows what would have happened for there, but yeah, it was just like the Knights just went to sleep in the last 10 minutes and that was it. It was game over. Yeah, the Knights had a couple of injuries, actually. They lost um, Momosia to the uh, uh, dislocated elbow, and I think they might have lost someone else. Um, Dom Young in the 10th minute. Dom Young with his knee, so they were up against it from early on. And the problem is the Knights, have, this is the Knights. That they've, they've been injury-struck or they've lost players throughout the season, but the thing is they don't start well enough to accommodate for those. So we'll get to Parramatta later, but see, Parramatta, we're in the same boat. But <laughs> the start of that game for Parramatta allowed them to take on those injuries and still put in a good performance. But the Knights, before those injuries, they started so bad. Their handling errors were disgraceful. Yeah. Um, and so they just didn't put themselves in any sort of position to be able to deal with injuries later in the game. And that's what happened, Benny. That's that last 10 minutes. It was just fatigue. It was just, we've just got nothing left in the tank. Well, if you look at the last two weeks, uh, same happened against Cronulla, right? And I think it's just a few weeks of having no troops on the field. So you've got the first week was obviously with Penrith. Barnett has the brain explosion, leaves us with 12 for 55 minutes of that game. Last week, there was some fatigue from that game. And then we had a, had a bloke binned as well. Um, and we were in that game right up until the 75th minute against Cronulla, and then they just went bang, bang, and hit us with two tries, and then this week were the same against Manly, just just the fatigue of having, you know, basically two and a half blokes on the bench. Clooney did his knee just after half-time as well, did a medial, um, and he kind of limped on throughout the game, and then that's, that's kind of what happened. Again, you know, just the fatigue, um, and then we just kind of rolled over, which was really disappointing late, but... Um, in terms of the errors there, uh, we only made two more errors than Manly. They just wanted it more. They just finished their, their plays better. Daly Cherry Evans was all class in that game. Um, and and uh, same with uh, Ola Kawatu. So for our super coach studs and duds for that game, so Ola Kawatu finished up on 87 points. He's been fantastic for him this year. Launton on 70 was great off the bench. It's kind of you're looking at this going, why Why isn't he playing bigger minutes? He was fantastic the other night. The Duds, um, although they lost, uh, none from the Knights, but a couple of absolute screamers here from the uh, from the Eagles. Uh, Jason Saab, and we know he's, he's definitely capable of this five points in 80 minutes, and Kieran Foran, a big duck egg. 
Oh, Saab got downgraded to four too. So, so Saab got downgraded <laughs> to four, and that's and just just percentage. just a caveat, just to, to asterisk uh, all of our super coach scoring. There is a final upgrade that will happen, obviously during the day. So they might get these these points might get tweaked a little bit. So yeah, that's the Knights and Manly lads. Not too much else to say there, but Manly had a good win away from home. Uh, on to game two, and this was our first game on the Friday night. So the Warriors, 25, beat the Cows, 24, on the back of a Sean Johnson field goal. Look, the, the Cowboys had more possession, less errors, and less penalties. Uh, but the Warriors, again, had another had a few classy plays when it mattered. Uh, goal kicking seemed to be the difference here. Um, and Val, obviously, I think he hit two from two from five or something like that. So um, it, it, it obviously hurt them in the end. I thought it was CHT's best game in a Warriors jersey. He was really good alongside Johnson, and I dare say that Brownie probably continues with with that combination moving forward. Yeah, I think so. Um, and look, it's the first time he's had a really good halves partner there whilst he's been an established first grader. So I think you're starting to see the best of CHT come out. Um, yeah, Val was kicking into a shitter of a breeze up there. Yes, it's like a 40 kilometer. 40-kilometre wind um, that he was kicking into, and they scored three tries in the first half that he had to kick into, whereas the Warriors only had one try. Oh, two tries, sorry. Oh, no, 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 it was. It was only one try that they um, had to, um, you know, face that. But Reese Walsh kicked really well, and it had dropped down by then. Look, the Warriors um, just wanted it more. The Cowboys thought they had it had it won, I think, and just sort of sat on their hands. And a couple of howlers from Jake Granville at the end there, putting that kick dead um, on the fifth tackle. And then a couple of times he found the wrong person going for field goal. Um, Chad Townsend, and I think he, he, he threw it uh, to someone else on the wrong tackle. It was just, I, I just don't know what Jake Granville offers for that side other than a break for um, Reese Robson. But if that's the case, you just put, plug Cotter in there, don't you? If you need to give Robson a 15-minute break. Yeah, surely. Yeah, I think so these days. Um, and obviously, Benny, the, uh, the the big thing to come out of this game is um, how much better the the Cowboys look with Drinky at the back. Oh mate, it was like how do you how do you go back to the Hamania? Like from that performance, they looked so much better. They looked like they had some kind of direction in attack. Um, they looked like a bloke who could sum up uh, what was in front of him and play a bit of a bit better eyes up footy. I just don't think Hammond's got that in him. So. I think they need to leave Drinkwater in there and just push Hammer back to the wing or centre um, and, and get Drinkwater to use him. If that's if you want him involved in the game, you get your fullback and your, and your five-eighths to use him um, rather than just fucking let him sit in the centre and do nothing. The same, same way as they're finding a way to use Val. Put him on the other centre and, and find him. It's probably Tuolungi's wing that, that's um, up for grabs, I think, to be fair. Um, but we, all, we, we don't know what kind of relationship... Peyton has with, with Drinkwater. He's obviously not a big fan of him. He's played him out of necessity there. Does he make the change when he comes back? I'm not too sure. So I think that, uh, yeah, like you said, I think probably to Alungi's wing is where he's probably best suited. And, you know, he's had a he's had an up and down start to the year, so we'll see uh, what happens when the hammer comes back from the uh, the PCL injury. Broncos need to make a massive play for Drinkwater if he loses his spot again. Well, it's, that's just not a bad play, too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... The Dolphins. Dolphins yeah. Probably, yep. Yeah. Bennett would be keeping a close eye on that, for sure. For sure. Studs and duds from that game. Obviously, Studs, Drinky had a 92, which was fantastic, and current 88. Current's been a very good pickup for the Warriors. 
Duds, Lodge 28, and uh, Benny, you've been talking to Nanai uh, for right. a few weeks now. He, he's knocked out a 26. He seems to be, yeah, a guy with... He misses with a, tackles, man. Yeah. It, he doesn't... He's just No, he doesn't hit in the stick, so it costs him so many points. He missed tackles every game. It's he, fucking frustrating. He's an undersized second row forward. Yeah. For someone who's only getting used to first grade contact, like you look at someone like you and Aitken, probably not much bigger, but he's been playing first grade for quite a while, so he's used to that contact. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe a stent on the bench for Nanai. I think just bring him on, inject him a bit of energy. Swap yeah. him with Lukey, I think. Yeah, I think so. Third game on the Friday night, and I was lucky enough to go to this game. It was a cracking game of football. So Broncos 20 uh, were defeated by the Roosters 24. It's probably the Broncos' best game of the season in terms of uh, complete 80 minutes. Uh, they completed at 83%, so that obviously talks to how they were able to stay in the game. Again, goal kicking was a difference in this one, and, and Reynolds had a, had a couple that he would normally knock over that he's missed. Um, they identified the Stags against Momorowski matchup nice and early, and they just went to the well every single time, and it just paid dividends for him. It was a, it was a good night for uh, for Stags. Good to see that he came back into a bit of form, lads. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as we've sort of said, well, I, I know that I've always been a um, advocate for uh, the game plan, finding the weapon or the the money player versus the money player going fine in the footy. Like, people who say that just mustn't, and, and it, it, it dumbfounds me that ex-players say it. Or go looking for the footy. There's structures and set plans, and if Kevy's any decent of a coach, it's like, you can't just leave your right centre position to go chasing the ball in field unless the coach has actually put a game plan in for that. And if he hasn't, the game plan needs to find the weapon player, which it did the other night. They fed him, they fed him, they fed him. Instead of last few weeks where they just haven't given him any ball or it's just been inside their set structures and it hasn't been adequate. So it, it all comes down to Kevy, whether Staggs gets enough quality ball in good spots. So And we saw he did it the other night and look what happened. That, yeah. that mismatch against Momorowski is going to be the mismatch against pretty much every centre he comes up against. Momorowski is one of the better defenders in the NRL. So he's going to have a mismatch against probably fucking 80% of the teams he's facing. Um, and, like, man, I, I'm, I'm a bit with Lukey. Like, I, I was off him because he's, as an owner, as it was hurting having him sit on the bench and get me 30s. Um, and then it was like, oh, you know, he's not looking for the ball. He, he didn't look like he wanted to play footy. Like, while he wasn't looking for the ball and I'm with Lukey, he shouldn't need to come looking for the ball as a centre. Um he still, even when he got the ball, he was, you know, he was dropping it. He just head was down. He was demotivated. So he looked better the other night. He looked like he he was enjoying it. He was having a good time. Um, I just think getting the stags to come in and do dummy half runs. What's the fuck? Like, okay, yeah, he gets, you know, he gets the run stat. What's what's the run stat? I'd rather just get him early pill and get him one on one with his defender. Yeah, I also subscribe to. You look at Justin Hodges though, when he was excuse me, lads, with the uh, with the Broncos, he loved a dummy half run. He loved to try and get the his uh, his team on the front foot. I still think there's a role in that for for Stags because he's such a damaging runner. Just pick his time, and I think he can come and do an early ruck, early hit up because you know he can beat a tackle, split the line a little bit, 
which will, you know, obviously create some time for the, for the kickers and things like that. But it was good to see him get back um, to to some to some form. Studs and duds from this game. So obviously Stags was on 106 when we put this together, and Joey Manu 104. Uh, I'll touch on him in just a second. And then the duds. Obviously Teddy had an extremely quiet game, and look, he can have one of these. You know, once or twice a, a, a year, uh, and so he ended up on 23. And because they went so right heavy to Stags, um, Farnsworth, who's been the form centre, ended up on a 19. Now, looky, I was talking to um, McNally over the course of the weekend, and he's got he's the Kiri owner. And I kind of said, look, I, I kind of think that the two playmakers here for the Roosters are the uh, Amanu and Teddy. They're the guys that have really been pushing them forward this year in terms of their creative output, their super coach output anyway. Um, I think that Kiri's really kind of finding his feet. He's, he's struggling to find his position in the team. Walker was good the other night, but I think most of um, their, their attacking focus is going to come around Manu and Teddy. Yeah, but I also think that Kiri's actually slotted into that um uh, organiser role. He's the one that's pushing them around the field, the sort of Cooper Cronk style where he's calling a lot of the shots, getting them into good positions um, and doing a lot of the kicking, the general play kicking as well uh, and Walker's getting a lot of good ball um, and same with yeah, Teddy and Manu so yeah, look, I think Kiri's probably just going to settle into that role of just organising. He'll have the odd stat here and there but the attacking stat but yeah, I think yeah, this is the year that Kiri you know, it was always going to be one or the other. There was two. There were two similar players for them both to have equal share. Uh, and then with the emergence of Manu, and then you've got you know Radley as well. You know, if Radley stays fit, which he you know he he didn't last year. He spent a lot of time on the sideline. His involvements uh, also you know take a few of the stats away from blokes like Kiri. So yeah, you know. Um, probably time to jump off the Luke Kiri bandwagon, I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, next game, Raiders 16 versus Storm 30. Look, I think in this one, uh, the Storm halves had a day out. Uh, Munster and Hughes were fantastic in this one. Uh, Harry Grant was really strong as as he normally is. He's had a really, really good start to the season. I think that uh, Damian Cook had his best game of the year this this week. Uh, but Harry Grant's been just pushing the case for the... Uh, the Kangaroos number nine jersey all year. Raiders only completed at 67%. Uh, so that was, you know, hard to stay in the contest with that kind of percentage. Otherwise, most of the other stats were fairly even in this one. I think it was just the Storm's class and the way they finished. Um, you know, they, they obviously ran over the top of the Raiders, who had a couple of late tries um, to, to kind of keep it somewhat respectable, but it was fairly dominant performance from the Storm. Oh, look, yeah, it was pretty one-sided traffic. Um, yeah, Canberra, you know, like all the penalties, errors, offloads, all of those sort of things uh, were fairly even. It was just what Melbourne did with it, um, that with their possession. Um, so, yeah, Canberra completed at 67% versus uh, Melbourne's 82. And so it, it just, when you give... Melbourne that much when, when they complete like that and you don't they just take advantage of it and a couple of those tries were just they were just Melbourne Melbourne tries and look it doesn't matter who you put around those class players but Grant Munster Hughes Pappenhausen it's just if you know Pappy has a 
not not so much a quiet game, but a game where he's not the focal point. Someone else picks up the slack. It's just it's Melbourne to a T, and as long as they can keep those four guys on the field, they're going to be very hard to beat. Canberra, they've got some problems, man. They need an X factor. It, it, he switched Rapana to fullback um, this game. I'm hoping that that's a sign that he's realised that they need something more from the back and Savage comes in next week. Yeah, well, Rapana was pretty ordinary. Uh, I know he did have a HIA at one point, but the studs and duds uh, in this game, uh, Hughes had a 91 uh, and Munster had a... 84. 84, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were, as I said, they were both pretty class. And the dud, Xavier Coates, doing Xavier Coates things, had a 14. So, yeah. Rapana's upgrade was to 22. It's a massive upgrade, yeah. Yeah, look. So, Tomoko, Tomoko ended up on 11. Uh, look there, Rapana has been upgraded to 22. I, c- I thought as much. I thought, well, and that's a still a pretty poor game, but it was obviously. But if you've got a HIA and you're spending time on the sideline as well, that, yeah, that, that stops. Helps. Yeah. All right, into the next game, lads. South 24, St. George 12. Uh, the Dragons had 17 errors. It was it was pretty hard viewing, to oh, be fair. It's disgusting. <laughs> they just kept dropping the ball. It was it was pretty ordinary. The fact that they were in the game at, at points was. It was pretty remarkable. Uh, they just couldn't finish their opportunities. Had some awful fifth tackle tackle options. Uh, was two two sets in a row where Benny Hunt went back to the blind side and ran the footy uh, when they had really good ball um, and some shape set up out to the right and he went back to the left down the blind side. Consecutive sets. Um, look, South just won the ruck through the middle and, and, and as a result, I think uh, Cookie had his best game of the year too. Yeah, look, the Dragons need to address something what's going on with their middle forwards. Uh, Jackson Ford was actually pretty good the other night. I, from what I saw, just the eye test um, from a uh, super coach perspective didn't really offer too much. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, Woods, Kerr, um, Laurie, it's just oh, slow foot speed, yep. no motor. It's just and, – and they're just getting beaten. And then you're expecting someone like Jack Bird, who's an off-the-cuff player – to come and play next to Benny Hunt, who likes to play structured footy, he's got he's got to do something about that. There's something that's got to happen there. They look so much better when DeBellin's on the field, but he only play he only ends up playing like 50 minutes a game. They you also know, look pretty good when Frankie Molo's on the field. Another bloke who's got good foot speed, you yep. know, whose energy, his line speed's good, but he ends up know. playing like. 35 to 40 minutes as well yeah. so that's oh, and McCulloch man oh, oh man he just so many times the other night he just got walked around like Cookie made him look like a a, a signpost in that try that they scored early on but other than that like he just he cannot keep up it's just yeah. well he got skinned last week by Marnie when, yeah. when Moses put that kick back through so his foot speed is almost worse than a prop Oh, exactly. It is, man. And so you 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 you're using what? It's four middles, and if you've got him, Woods, Kerr, and then you know you might have Ford or DeBell in there. Which I mean, they're just doing so much work. Yeah, man, they've got to do something. But Griffin's pretty stubborn, so you can imagine they're going to wield out that side next week. Yeah. So studs and duds in this one. Colin Matungi obviously had a pretty good game again. Uh, so he's ended up on 98, and Cookie had an 85. Like I said, had a couple of really really nice starts at a dummy half and took advantage of some good work from the Souths forwards. Matt Fiennes was really good oh, in this game. How good actually, was he? Yeah. he was really good. Yeah, so, so he's too. someone he's someone who you'll see that he'll feature in our pickups this week for sure. 
Yeah, Dad's, fantastic. So that's a I walker just, and a hunt, surely. <laughs> ten, and, ten and nine. A hundred percent, it is, Fuck. man. Hundred percent. And that's probably two captains that people were running to, Lukey. Yep. <laughs> right here, Ben Hunt captain at nine. So yeah. <laughs> what an unfortunate time. Oh, Still looks like I'm going to get the win though. Oh, so. I think, I think um, Rabbitohs run away with this if Latrell doesn't go off. I'm pretty sure the Rabbitohs put their stamp on this on this game and end up winning by more than what they did if um, if Latrell doesn't go off. Yeah, that and that's the other thing injury. to talk to, isn't it? That Latrell's got this hamstring injury and it was the one that he had repaired um, in the off-season last season. So... Yeah, look, um, worrying times for Latrell owners because even if it is only a small stint on the sideline, um, it, these things t- tend to recur. And look, the look on his face when he walked off, it, it wasn't a great one. It, it didn't look like he was like, uh, you know, a couple of weeks on the sideline, but let's wait and see. Yeah, 100%. And Blake Taff came in and did a fairly good job again, really, mm-hmm. So and kicked goals well. So he could be a definite handcuff option there. So... Uh, all right, moving on. So another good game. Uh, the Titans twenty uh, couldn't quite get it done over the Eels twenty six. This was kind of the tale of the two halves, really, wasn't it? It was like first half was Eels were dominant and they dominated every statistic. They had a thousand running meters just after half time, after forty five minutes. So you could sh- you could see that they dominated possession. Their forwards were getting a roll on. It laid the platform for their halves. In the second half, that turned around and the Titans got a little bit of possession. And they had some good output there. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Gutherson played a big role in this game as well. He was everywhere, man. Yeah. Gutherson was just doing gutho things and just sort of sniffing around the ball the whole game. Um, it was it was weird. It was almost like Parramatta kind of switched off, and then they just and, and Titans just came home strong and started rolling them. That David Fafita try was a good one, and I just don't think he should have been allowed to just sort of walk through defenses like that. But that's that's what you have David Fafita for. Um, the Junior Paulo thing was a big one for me. Um, the shoulder-to-shoulder contact as, as Brimo was falling and then it slipped up and they said, no, nah, direct contact with the head, you simbin, and then, oh, hang on, there's no no HIA. He's all good to go. And even Brimo, when Paulo was walking off, was like, you got me on the shoulder, you got me on the shoulder. And Paulo's looking at him like, oh, fuck, what do I do? Like, yeah, because he was holding his shoulder. Yeah. When Brimo, if you look on the... Brimo's on the ground holding his, like, AC joint, which is pretty like uh, common when you get hit like that or land on your shoulder direct like that is your AC joint usually and he was holding that and I'm like oh okay what's going on here but you're 100% right how can they bin a bloke for direct contact to the head when you can see he hit his shoulder first and then it came up off the shoulder into the head right and then there was the incident about five minutes later when Opacic fielded that ball in goal yeah. and Sammy just cracked him in the jaw. Him, and they looked at it. Well, there was, a, there, I don't know if they looked at it, but there was replays and nothing happened. It was like they just didn't want to acknowledge it. But that's the thing. that The Eels dealt with a few injuries there. Uh, Wonga Blake and Will Penasini had a HIA as well. Um, so they were playing like Cartwright and um, Maddo in the centres at some points there. So they dealt with a few injuries. Um, and I think that's what allowed the Titans to get back into the game. They were sort of just treading water, the, the Eels, with their lead that they had. And it just kind of let the Titans come back into it. But the class of the Eels players, um, Moses Gutherson, really just shone through at the end there and um, got them the win. Look, lads, we won't touch on the controversy out of that game, which was the uh, the loophole on the um, 
on the penalties uh, and the challenges because there'll be enough said about that over the next few, I'm sure NRL 360 will flog it to death. So we'll just leave that to them, <laughs> yep. basically. We'll cover the studs and duds. So Fafita's copped a massive upgrade from like 77 to 107 from um, Sunday morning to, to this morning. Uh, and Gutho, obviously, like you said, Benny, he was in everything. He's he's copped a 97, so a couple of some good output there <clears throat> from those guys. Um, as far as the duds go for this game, um, where are we? So, Isaaco was on an 18. When we yeah, he's on together. 19. He's on Farmer 19 Sully, now. 34. That's not That's great. Not great. Marnie, 37. Reed, Reed Marnie was my other one. He's not having the season that we all kind of thought, but again, we talked to it last week saying, I think the action's happening on the outside of him at the moment, on the edges, which probably talks to why his involvement's a little bit down. Doesn't have to do the work through the middle, which is probably a good thing for Parramatta anyway. So, all right, lads, just a couple more to finish off. So the, yesterday afternoon at 4 o'clock, the Sharks absolutely dismantled the Tigers. And even though it was only 30 to 4, it should have been a lot more. Uh, the Tigers, uh, the Sharks made a lot of errors uh, in the first half. Didn't respect the footy, but were just class enough to, to have a decent lead going into halftime. And they really went on with it uh, in the second half. Their CTWs and their edges are just proving to be a lead at the moment. Ramin was fantastic yesterday. They just It was similar to Stags the other night. They knew they had the matchup. They kept going there, and he just made metres. He just ate all day. And then Katoa on the back of that scored a couple of really good tries. I thought Moylan showed why he's been able to stay in the team for five rounds. You know, he, he picked apart their edges really well and worked both sides of the field a little bit, um, which I thought was, was, was really good. And... Then basically, so the Sharks had seven line breaks. The Tigers had none. Uh, so that was probably the stats. Uh, and the Tigers missed 43 tackles. So there's the two telling stats out of the game. Benny, you obviously watched this with Dick in hand, mate. This yeah, one. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I, had to see on, I had to see on Big Nico. And um, yeah, it was good to see him sort of orchestrate a fair bit of a fair bit of what happened in that Tigers game. Um Oh man, you can't. Ramian's in the best form he has been since we let him go to Newcastle. Like he, he's come back and been exactly the player that we let him go. He just didn't fit at the Newcastle, the Newcastle systems last year. He wasn't as good as he is this year. I think Hines and, and Moylan are, are sort of unlocking him a little bit, giving him a bit of early pill. And well, he was good last year though, man, and that's he was, why we he was, drafted him. He was, yeah, he was okay. So high. He wasn't as good as he is this year, though. Like, he's gone to another level this year. I think because he's getting better ball. He's getting, he's getting better ball. Quality ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kennedy was good as well. He's just classy, man. And Kennedy is so good under the high ball. How often does he drop it? Never. Yeah. No, like, he's, he's pretty so, safe. so safe under the high ball. Um, I thought Cam McInnes was good when he had to come on. Uh, someone got a head knock or someone got an injury. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe Wilton. And, yeah, it was. Um... McInnes came on and played the rest of the match after that, uh, so he was pretty handy as well. Um, yeah, man, like I, I was disappointed that we didn't keep him to nil. That stupid fucking pass from Multalo at the end, trying to score a try after the buzzer. Basically, I was like, man, just shut him out, take the yeah. tackle and shut him out. But it is what it is. Um, Multalo's footwork has become elite. The bloke just bounces away from defenders, uh, just on carrybacks, just on shit work. He just makes 10, 10 extra metres because he just beats Blake with, Blake with footwork. So, um, yeah, the, the back the back five are doing a real good job for us at the moment and just um, set, laying a platform early in sets for our halves to get away good kicks. Yep, 
definitely, definitely. So the studs and duds from this one, obviously, Nico 117, Ramian 115, Katoa 98, Kennedy 93, Molotalo 87. So there's your, there's your call right there, isn't it? Just elite supercoach scoring where the best the Tigers could put out was uh, Leilua, 57. So kind of shows you uh, shows you the difference in the two sides right there. Um, in terms of duds, look, I don't think you can go past the uh, the Tigers halves. In particular, Luke Brooks, he just looks like he's a zombie out there at the moment. No emotion, no heart, no fight. You know, he's he, I think he's in year like 10, 9 or 10 at the moment. Uh, of his career, and you just you just haven't seen that fight. I mean, I was saying to you boys, like at, in the preseason, I would have been stoked to have signed Brooks for the Knights. I, I thought he might have been a really good fit at the moment. I'm just kind of like, nah, keep him away from us. I just don't see. I think we're seeing what he what he really is. I mean, he's trying no, to. No, we're not. We're not, man. He's at he's at a toxic place, man. He's been there under Maguire, and you don't know what Maguire's telling him to do out there. So he might be following this, um, you know, instruction from Maguire to do X, Y, and Z, but it never works. And then he's sort of torn in between going, I've got to try and get us some points here. So then he does what he feels he needs to do in the moment, makes an error, and then it looks even worse. Like, he's been playing the same way for the last three seasons since Cleary left. The Tigers have been playing the exact same way since Cleary left. You can't tell me that... Maguire has just fucking ruined that place with whatever it is. He he wouldn't be talking tactics. All the talk that happens to Maguire now is going in one ear, one out the other. It would be half tactics, half motivation, half, you know, having a crack at him. Like, it would just be, he's got to go. You, you will literally see a new Luke Brooks if a new coach comes in. And if Luke Brooks goes to another club, he becomes like one of the top halfbacks in the comp again. Yeah, but I... I... <laughs> It's not necessarily about his skill set, man. It's 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 the confidence, but it's also the the heart and the desire. Like you just look out on the field, I don't see the guy having a crack. He but just man. goes through the motions, and I get I get what you're saying. But you bring a new coach in, or he goes to another club. That's probably most players, right? Like yeah. you know what I mean. I, and I just kind of feel like. You want to see a bit more from Luke Brooks. If if there's a club swap on the cards, if there's if there's if he's going to sign a contract next year and get out of his current one, he's got to be playing for that now. Like it can't just be going through the motions each week, and that's what I'm seeing from Brooks at the moment. But the thing is, man, this is like I, I likened it to a situation on Twitter last night. You have you ever worked for a boss that you absolutely hate that treats you like shit, but you've got to make a paycheck? What what's your productivity in out? output like versus a really good boss who you know thinks of his workers you know is firm but fair and creates a good work environment your output's much higher there it's the same situation man it would be one percent person who can operate under both of those circumstances with equal productivity and output that's what luke brooks going through now that's what blokes like um dane laurie's going through now you know it's that it's from the top down. They're not motivated to play. They're getting paid regardless whether they play reserve grade or not. So it's not a, a threat anymore. That That's the problem, man. And and that's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, look, I don't think there's any doubt that Madge is the problem there. And I think if, you, if you're looking past that and trying to blame players for the, for the results, then I think you've got to kind of backtrack. All I'm saying is as a senior player and a senior half in that team, 
when there's so much instability around them, uh, they're looking for a leader. And I don't see that in Brooks, unfortunately. And I think that they need that. I think Hastings has been proven he's a bit more of a leader on field. So maybe they need him back. Maybe Brooks needs him back, but he needs something. So... But the less said about the Tigers, the better. We'll move on to the last game in the round. And the Panthers, 32, defeated the Doggies, 12. For the most part, this was a fairly um, competitive game. I mean, the Dogs are just missing a little bit of finish uh, at the moment. I thought Flano looked solid out there without being fantastic. Had a couple of nice touches. Whacked Luai pretty good and then came up with a nice crossfield kick in which Luai dropped uh, for, for their first try. Um... The Panthers had 58% of possession, though, over the course of the game. Like, that's... Yeah, the Dogs only completed at 63%, man. That is correct. So. Yeah, which, which you know, that that's what kind of killed them. A bit of finish, a bit of polish. Um, look, uh, the, the Panthers... Uh, look, I don't know if you saw the same thing, but the Panthers just worked over that left side early in the game. And again, they identified yep. a few matchup um, deficiencies. When the Dogs adjusted... The Panthers just went, that's cool, we'll just go back through the middle. And you would have seen early in the second half, that's when Appy came into it. That's why Mitch Kenny yeah. scored that try. That's why Liam Martin scored that try late in the first half. They just adjusted uh, their focus and just started working over the middle when they started putting an extra body on the left uh, and shut that side down. So it was just class from the Panthers. I think they showed exactly what... Um, you know, they're all about and they're a level above uh, most teams in the comp. Yeah... What they were, and you know that um, that Dylan Edwards try that come off the long Tago run was something special. I think um, probably the Souths try was one the only thing that uh, topped it this this round, the one with Latrell. But um, yeah, really entertaining footy from the Panthers. What I'd like to see now that Flanagan's in the side, and and, and you can see now because of the media beat up during the week that he's going to be their halfback for probably at least the next six weeks or until he gets injured, right? And he was good. He he had some pretty good moments. Burton, they run that block shape for Burton and he gets it out the back and all he fucking does is just pass it to the centre. Yep. It's like, come on, dude, dig into the line, have a crack, diversify your game, drop the centre under, take the line on and drop him under. Like, that's something you can organise on the run. You know what I mean? Like, he's becoming a bit one-dimensional and I know it's the system that's sort of making me like that, but the, but the thing is there's things he can do within the system that he's working in to just vary things up again. You know, put the little kick in every now and again. But he's got to take the line on more when he gets it. If it's a three-on-three three and there's blokes marked, you're there as the money man. You're there as the X factor to try and turn that into something. So do something with it. It didn't help that fucking Dufty had his worst game of the year. Dufty had the worst... Mate, had it, was so the, <laughs> it was the worst game of anyone. That, <laughs> push, that shit where... And the, the commentators called him out for it too. They ran an ins- uh, outside inside ball. And Jackson was looking for it, yes. and he just didn't push into contact. Because Appy was in front of him, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't want it. He just it, stood out of it, and then the Panthers got the ball back. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, horrible. The other thing I'll say on Burton, too, is they're sticking him exclusively left side. Yeah. When he's your best weapon, why do you just... He's similar to what Canberra doing with Whiten. Yeah. You've got to leave but play Whiten's both actually, sides. Whiten's playing both sides this year. Yeah, he's, he's a little he's bit going more, over. Yeah. But they need to do that. They need to do that with... Um, with, yeah, with, with Burton. He needs to be touching the ball everywhere. But I guess they probably thought that Dufty, because he, he's really good, Dufty left to right, that he would, you know, take up a bit of that ball playing on that side, but he just hasn't, so. Yep. Studs and duds out of this one. Panthers had quite a few um, in the green in this one, but uh, 
Obviously, Taylor May was pretty good. He had an 86. And Duds, we touched on Matt Dufty. There isn't too much more he could have done wrong in this game. He was he was dreadful. He's lucky to get a six out of this. Yeah. <laughs> he pretty much is, isn't he? Maybe yeah. a four, too. Luai on a 30 after he had that line break try assist is pretty ordinary. And Crichton only getting 27 in, although he would have had a lot more if Staines could actually fucking catch. Oh. Yeah, that's true. That That's that true as line well. Line open, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that Luai 30 kind of talks to the way the Panthers just shift their focus. They didn't really go left side too much in that second half. Kick out, uh, kick out only got 40, so that kind of talks to that a little bit too. And um, Tago, for all of his good work, only ended up on a 46. So it shows that they kind of went away from that left side. And then you've got your, you've got your middles like Yo, Martin... Eisenhuth all knocked out 60s. Coruscant had a 56 as well. So it kind of showed where their focus went uh, in that one. Quickly to finish off, lads, where is sitting in your matchups for the weekend? Uh, looks like I've topped at comp this week. Um, <laughs> you yeah, got a fucking carton coming to you. There's blokes knocking up under 600s across the league. So, so we, we got a bit of a rule in our comp. If you don't hit 600, you have to buy a six-pack or a relative four-pack or to the highest scorer of the round. And so we've got like four or five blokes in the league this week who haven't hit 600. Java's be- sitting on 599. Yeah, Java's <laughs> sitting on 599. I, I, think I think they're done, aren't they? The, the, the matchups are pretty much done. Yeah, I don't, they think, don't, I don't think they update again after they do that sort of midnight update on the yeah, Sunday. It, it's yeah, it's kind of like that at the moment. So and McNally and I shared a um, under 600 fucking bludger and I've managed <laughs> to get it. I've managed to get it by eight points. Yeah. I don't deserve that win, but I guess he didn't either. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. That's it. And and so there's five blokes or four blokes four in our blokes, comp yeah. who didn't hit 600 this week. So they all owe Benny uh, a, 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 a visit from Jimmy Brings throughout the course mm-hmm. of the week, mate. So well done on that one. Um, yeah, I've pulled. Wait, let us know if you come and pass Aspley, mate. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it out the front for you. <laughs> uh. All right, lads, thanks for jumping on this morning, nice and early. Um, obviously, uh, for all the listeners out there, stay tuned for tomorrow night. We'll be doing the waivers and our round six potty as per normal. But, um, yeah, good to get up early and review the weekend that was. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers, lads. Work. Ciao. See you. Yeah. Bye.